0: Hey there, it's me, Amy. I am so excited that you're here today. We're going to be talking about balanced snacks. If you're anything like me, the start of the school year has required you to think a little bit more carefully around how to get food in your kids on a schedule and how to get them balanced snacks that are going to carry them throughout the day. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the importance of a snack schedule, how to structure balanced snacks. Um, and some examples of what those balanced snacks might look like. And then finally, we're going to talk about bedtime snacks, should you or shouldn't you. Let's dive in. Hi there. I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food Podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done. And kids who say their favorite foods are things like... Gummy bread. Pretzel, of course. My cookie. Ice cream. yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real-world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. Hey there, just a quick interlude to tell you that I have something really exciting coming up. I am so thrilled to be launching my first ever group coaching program where I'm going to be having the chance to work with a small group who can encourage each other and who can get one-on-one attention with me when it comes to feeding your family well and feeling good about it. This group is called the 15-minute meal method. And in this six-week program, I'm going to be sharing all of my best tips and tricks that I've learned the hard and expensive way around feeding your family well without driving yourself crazy. If this sounds interesting to you, hop on over to cookingwithfullplate.com slash fast meals, all one word, cookingwithfullplate.com slash fast meals, and just get on that list. I'll be sending you some information about my six best tips for cooking fast, healthy meals. I'm going to be sharing five easy, healthy meals that you can make this week. And then as the group is launching, which is in a couple weeks from now, I'll be sharing more information about how to become one of the founding members of the 15 minute meal method group coaching program, some of the awesome bonuses that you're going to get by being part of that group and how you can work with me to take away mealtime frustration, make cooking faster and easier and less stressful, and give you some time back to do the things that really matter to you. So hop on over, cooking the full slash fast meals. Thanks so much throughout the day. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the importance of a snack schedule, how to structure balanced snacks, um, and some examples of what those balanced snacks might look like. And then finally, we're going to talk about bedtime snacks. Should you, or shouldn't you let's dive in. All right, balanced snacks. Let's talk about it. So what is a balanced snack anyways? How do you serve one? without driving yourself crazy, and what kind of snacks should you be giving. Those are the things that I want to cover with you today. First and foremost, let's talk about schedules. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I'm big on eating schedules, and I'm I'm not a schedule person. You guys I hate schedules. I've always hated structures, and it's only now as a parent that I've realized that if I don't have them, I'm going to drive myself absolutely batty, more so than parenting does normally. So, structures, where it's at. So what is the structure that impacts how, you, how and when you give snacks? I have seen lots of very pretty snack drawers and snack fridges and setups where kids can help themselves to snacks on Pinterest and Instagram and all of those places. And that's cool if that's working for you, if that's a model that works for you, if you have older kids who are able to choose their own snacks at the right times, that's fantastic. But the truth is, as a mom of younger kids who is constantly trying to get my kids to eat their meals, which are the most balanced thing that I give them. The snack schedule has been really key in making sure that my kids are eating at the right times so that they are full, that they have plenty of opportunity for eating, but that they are not so full that they aren't going to eat a meal. So I have found a snack schedule or generally like an eating schedule to be super important to this. And here's roughly what ours looks like. Seven- To 7:30 breakfast. 10 o'clock, both kids are usually at school most of the days of the week, but they do have a snack during that time. 12 o'clock, lunch. Then this is where it kind of varies. And sometimes my kids will even get two snacks because if they're really hungry, when they come home from school, they just burnt a lot of energy. I will keep a pulse on that. And they might get a snack right around two. And then another snack around like four 30, especially if we're not going to be eating dinner till closer to six or six. Bad. But either way, there is a snack in that afternoon time somewhere between two and four 30, depending on when you're going to have dinner. And this is a really heavy snack. I like to make it almost like a dinnery snack because oftentimes by the time dinner comes around, they've already broken down, they're already so tired and they are not focused on eating. And so I like to get sort of dinner style foods in at that snack to um, give them that heavy meal in case dinner isn't happening for them and their brains. (laughs) So then dinner will happen anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30 in our house. And then we do a bedtime snack. It's usually around 7.30. I know that this is a controversial topic based on my asking about it on Facebook. and I'm going to talk about it at the end of today's episode. So hang tight if you're curious about bedtime snacks. This schedule is everything for us. And the reason that it's everything for us is because I have kids who have a propensity to get hangry like most kids. They have it genetically. Um, They come from a long line of hangry people. And they also just have it because they are little kids who maybe didn't eat their sandwich at lunch, which has been something that's happening to us lately. And so, the cool thing about serving balanced snacks is it's essentially just another chance to get nutrition in your kiddos that's going to keep them energized, that's going to keep them full, and that's going to keep them just hungry enough so that they might actually eat that broccoli you put on their plate at dinner time. The most common problem that I see is that folks are giving their kids snacks like all throughout the day with the best of intentions. I know you have the best of intentions, just like I have when I'm giving my kids snacks all throughout the day. And I'm like, oh, you must be hungry. You just had swimming. Here's another snack. And here's another snack. And they're eating in the lead up to all of these different eating events, most particularly dinner. And then, you know, a salad and bread and soup gets served. It's a bad example. Kids soup whatever gets served for dinner. Clearly I haven't thought of our dinner yet. And not only are they not touching it because it's maybe a little bit unfamiliar. It's not the food that they necessarily would choose to eat themselves, but just not hungry. Have you ever tried to eat when you're not hungry? I mean, like if it's M&Ms, I'll totally eat that. But if it's salad, I'm probably not going to eat it if I'm not hungry and your kids are the same. So get a schedule in place. My favorite is that one that involves breakfast, morning snack, lunch, afternoon snack or two depending on the timing of dinner dinner and then potentially bedtime snack so this brings us to the question like what should i be serving for snacks cuz like so often i feel like it would be a lot easier to just like throw goldfish into my kids mouths from across the car but first of all it's not a very effective way of feeding them and secondly it those snacks really aren't feeding, filling them up which then leads to this constant need for snacks so one is leading to the other unbalanced snacks are leading to constant need for eating, which is then leading to the problem of not eating dinner because they're not actually hungry when they get there. So I am in the middle of this awesome book by Ellen Satter. It's called Secrets to Feeding a Healthy Family. I found it through my library. So if you're interested in doing the same, you can check it out there. And she has a very cool tool for planning a good tasting and satisfying snack is what it's called. And she suggests that you structure it this way. And this is very in line with my thinking with little bit of a modification that I'm going to tell you in a minute. So she says, pick a protein and fat, pick a carb, and then you can add even another fat to keep your kids full if you want. So examples of proteins and fats to choose from that Ellen Satter gives in her book, Secrets to Feeding a Healthy Family, 2% or whole milk, hard cooked eggs, cheese, lunch meat, peanut butter, bean dip, hummus, things that go in the carbs category, toast or bread, breakfast cereal, crackers, cookies, cakes, muffins, fruit juice, raw or canned fruit, popcorn, baked and fried snacks, raw vegetables, vegetable juice. And then in the tertiary category, the fat category, you could pick a dip for raw vegetables, butter, or cream cheese for toast. So that would be adding another fat. Now, the one modification that I would make to this is I always aspire to fit into one of those categories, the protein and fat, or the most easily the carb, a fruit or a vegetable. So I like something fresh to show up on my kids' snacks or at the very least like a freeze-dried fruit or vegetable. So some examples of snacks that I've been putting together for my kids that have been really successful is doing like a little snack tray with some cheese. I do almond flour crackers. So those are my proteins and fats and carbs. But then I would add like maybe some baby carrots with ranch dip and some apples. And the cool thing about a snack tray is that you can cover it up and you can serve it again as your heavy afternoon snack the next day if it didn't all get eaten. Other things that my kids love, apples and peanut butter. Um, I've been doing for school because we can't do nuts. We've been doing these 88 acres bar. They're a seed-based bar. They do have brown rice syrup and maple syrup, so they're not you know without sugar, but they do have some protein, which I love because it's kind of hard to get protein in without nuts. I'm learning in now nut-free schools. So I put those in with a peach or a spring cheese for some fat because these are carb, they're really carb and protein and fat. So I'll add a piece of fruit. I might add a string cheese and some fruit. My son's been liking half avocado. So half avocado with a piece of fruit would fall into these categories, um, or half avocado with a piece of cheese would fall into these categories. Um, what else? Uh, my son's school today, they were having crackers and sunflower seed butter. So that could be a really good option. I love those like pretzel dippers with hummus. If you need something really easy that's to go and that would cover your protein and fat and your carbohydrate, it would be lacking in that fruit or vegetable. Truthfully, I keep this structure most often when I'm serving afternoon snacks at home. If we are on the go, or if I'm sending a snack to my kids at school, I am much more liberal with what I give them. The main goal being get them calories, give them protein and carbs and fat if possible, and bonus points if you serve a fruit or a vegetable with it. And again, don't be afraid of relying on something like freeze-dried fruit or uh, sun-dried fruit uh, as a viable portable option if fresh fruit or fresh vegetables is just like beyond the scope of what you can give to your kids. So, that is the structure that I like all this week on my Instagram. You can find me at Cooking with a Full Plate. I'm going to be sharing some of these snack ideas and photos of what it actually looks like, as well as this actual structure. You can also always go to slash balance dash snacks or the show notes for today's episode, and I'll share that structure there as well. So, we talked about schedule. I promised you I'd tell you about the importance of the schedule and give you an example of mine. We did that. I was going to tell you a little bit about the structure for balanced snacks and some examples of that. I think we have covered that, and so now I want to talk about bedtime snacks. So I asked this question on my Facebook page. It's called "Healthy Food for Busy Families." If you want to check it out, this was a couple weeks ago now. If you're curious what people's answers were, and I got a lot of answers with a lot of feelings about bedtime snacks. Most of them were some version of like, we eat dinner so close to bedtime, so I don't give a bedtime snack or, oh my gosh, the bedtime snacks are out of control. And now my kids want to eat a bedtime snack every night and they refuse to eat their dinner. I don't have an answer for you is the truth. I don't think there's a definitive answer on bedtime snack. Here's what I do now. It's up to you as the parent whether bedtime snack is served. This falls into the division of responsibility of feeding, also by Ellen Satter, who I referenced earlier, around the parent is in charge of the what, the when, and the where, and the kid is in charge of the whether or the how much. So I am always in charge of whether there's a bedtime snack or not. I decide where they're going to eat it in bed, and I decide what they're going to eat. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And they can decide how much and whether they want to eat it at all. I have found that for my kids this bedtime snack snack structure works because it's not tempting enough to keep them from eating dinner, but it does hold them over if say we ate an earlier dinner or if they didn't eat a lot of their dinner because they were distracted having a conversation or bothering their brother or whatever they might've been doing. And it's predictable enough that they know it's going to be available to them. And I think there's some security in that. I know I sometimes am like, where's my next meal? When am I going to eat? And so I like to give my kids that security. That said, I think the key to our bedtime snack routine is I'm deciding that it's available. I do it consistently. And I give them pretty much one option, sometimes two. They either get a banana or sliced up apple. And if I'm feeling crazy, if I feel like they really didn't get a lot of other things with their dinner... I will give them some peanut butter or almond butter to go with it, to add that protein and fat element. So you get a banana or an apple, depending on how I'm feeling that day, frankly, it's just based on what we have in the house. And then you can have it with peanut butter, maybe depending on how I'm feeling. So what I love about our bedtime snack structure, what works about it for us is my kids know what to expect. They know it's not that exciting, but they do know that it's available. And I know that I should have bananas and apples on hand and that I should make something available to them frankly, as much for their sake as it is for mine. I, it alleviates a lot of stress in me. It helps me to be a more open, encouraging mom who doesn't micromanage their dinners because I know that if worse comes to worse, that they can get some nutrition from the bedtime snack that I have chosen and that I'm going to offer. So I hope that's helpful in shaping your thinking around bedtime snacks. Again, what you do is up to you, but I would submit to you that if you do nothing else. It is important that you decide on the what, the when, and the where of the food. So you decide if there's a bedtime snack, you decide what it's going to be, and you decide where it's eaten. Leave it up to your kids whether they eat it and how much they eat of it, and then don't make it too exciting. Like, it could be a glass of milk and a banana or something, Mm. and- I like to provide a barrier too. My kids don't always brush their teeth after. I'm sorry, that's just the truth. I'm just keeping it real here. But you should make your kids brush their teeth after because that can be a big barrier for some kiddos who don't want to have to go through the teeth brushing routine again. And it's certainly what your dentist would recommend. And don't listen to me, listen to your dentist. Um, So that is my thought on bedtime snacks. I hope this episode was helpful to you today. Again, we talked a little bit about snack schedule and the importance of maintaining one. The structure that I like to use for my snacks as based on the model shared with me by Ellen Satter. And then finally, whether or not to serve a bedtime snack. If you could pop over to my Instagram and share with me a photo of the balanced snack that you're building based on what we talked about here today, I would love to see it. You can tag me at cooking with full plate and I will totally respond to you. I want to share some of these delicious snack ideas because obviously my snacks are not that creative and interesting, and I'm sure there's someone out there making something better than I am. So let's share your wisdom with the Instagram community at cooking with a full plate. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I know that you have lots to do with your time, that your time is very precious and that you have many things you could be thinking about and dealing with in the time that you spend with me. So I hope that it's valuable. And if so, can I just ask you a quick favor? I would love if you could pop on over to iTunes, regardless of where you're listening to this.